You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Zach's season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 323. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for today. First time guests from the Bad TV podcast. It is Dylan Wren and Patrick Hickey. We're going to talk about how they got started covering the shows that they do, and we're going to talk some Bachelor. Patrick's got some interesting things that he wants to throw out there and how the Bachelor can improve itself. We kind of go back and forth on those things. Really funny, guys. I think you're going to enjoy this one. It's Patrick Hickey, Dylan Wren from the Bad TV Podcast, and we will get to that momentarily. So a couple things that I want to go over before we start with this podcast, with the Bad TV Podcast, guys. The fact that the podcast has been going up a little bit late the last couple days, don't really know what to say about that. It's uploaded at the same time, whether it's the Daily Roundup, which is set to upload 6.30 Central Time every morning, the Sports Daily is uploads at 7.40 a.m. Central Time, and then this one goes up at 8.30 a.m. Central Time, basically all within an hour of each other. But the last couple days, the Daily Roundup and the Sports Daily have not been going up within 20 minutes of when they are uploaded into the system. It's been taking like an hour, so I don't know if it's just a glitch in Apple Podcast system or whatever, but hang in there. They will eventually get posted, so like I said, hang in there. You'll get your podcasts. Thursday, obviously a busy day with three podcasts going up within uh, two hours of each other. So last night, in case you missed it, late last night, Hannah Ann Sluss got engaged to her boyfriend, Jake Funk, who is a running back in the NFL. I believe he's on the Indianapolis Colts right now. Last year, he played for the Rams, got a Super Bowl ring. He got released by the Rams this year. I think he got picked up by New Orleans at one point and then went to Indianapolis. I think he's with the Colts now, but something could have changed since the end of the season. But they got engaged last night. It was on their stories. In case you missed it, went to bed early, whatever the case may be. Congratulations to Hannah Ann and Jake Funk for being a newly engaged bachelor couple. Uh, Another couple in Bachelor Nation decided to have another baby, and that was Raven and Adam. So I think that was a couple nights ago that she posted that they are now pregnant. Again, with their second child, Gates is uh, their son, and they are pregnant now with baby number two. They're going to have two under the age of two. So good luck to Raven and Adam with that. The Daily Roundup is up in your podcast feed by now. A lot of talk uh, on the Daily Roundup today in regards to uh, ratings a little bit, talk a little bit about the challenge, special forces, do talk a little bit more in detail about, not detail about Hannah Ann Sluss and Jake Funk's engagement because I don't know anything about it other than what they posted last night, but more about the history of Hannah Ann Sluss within the Bachelor franchise. And one thing I even forgot to mention on the Daily Roundup was the whole finasco down in La Quinta when we do we still even know to this day whether that was her on the golf cart I don't even know I'm so lost on what's 
what's real and what isn't in regards to that. If that was her during Claire's season that people thought that she was going to be the Bachelorette and then she never appeared on that season and people are wondering why she was in the cart and then some people saying that wasn't even her in the cart. It was a producer. Who knows? I'm so confused and, you know, it was three years ago now. I don't even care if it was her or wasn't her. Uh, but again, congratulations to her and Jake for getting engaged last night. The Sports Daily is up and that is talking about some crazy-ass conspiracy theory going around regarding DeMar Hamlin, which is just stupid. Um, a NFL contemplating possibly moving the AFC and NFC championship games to neutral sites. We got a lot of quarterback movement happening this offseason, and it's going to be really interesting to see who ends up where because it could really shape the balance of power in the AFC and the NFC. And then also the all-star games for both the NFL and the NBA are within two weeks of each other. The NFL quote unquote all-star game, which is the pro bowl is on Sunday, February 5th. And then the NBA all-star game is two Sundays later on the 19th. And both of them are making some pretty radical changes to their games. So I talk about that today on the sports daily and for those that don't listen as care about sports or whatever, that's fine. But it is a separate feed that you have to subscribe to for it to show up in your podcast feed every morning. It's not part of the Reality Steve podcast. It's separate. So I tweet it out every day. I put it on my Instagram story every day. Check it out. Subscribe to it. Please rate, subscribe, and review. And uh, it helps because this podcast is only three and a half weeks old. So trying to build it up, trying to make it as big as we can and, uh, and go from there. But yes, it's been fun. Has 11 podcasts a week been a little bit more than I bargained for? Yeah, it has, but uh, I'm going to keep it going. I, I, I like doing it, and like I said, we're back with your regular columns. Uh, so in addition to the 11 podcasts a week, you're back to your recap on Tuesdays, your reader emails on Wednesdays, and then your podcasts on Thursdays. So always look for that. Episode 2 of The Bachelor coming on Monday. That's where we're going to get a group date to start the season where Tazwan, Victoria Fuller, and Courtney Robertson show up as quote-unquote guest judges. The rapper Lotto is the one, the one who sings Big Bitch Energy. She's the one who hosts the date. And then Christina Mandrell has the first one-on-one -on -one of the season. And then, God, what's the other group date? That's not the puppet one, is it? God, I'm already blanking on what the other one-on-one, -on -one, or what the other group date in episode two is it's in the spoilers again if you're interested in the spoilers for zach season you just go on if you're looking at my website on desktop just go to the top of the page there's a tab that says spoilers the drop down will say bachelor zach spoilers click on that if you're on mobile same thing there's a tab that says zach spoilers click on that and it'll bring you right to the last column which shows all your spoilers up through up to the final three, which are Ariel, Katie, and Gabby. I don't know the order yet, um, and I'm hoping to find out, obviously, sometime before the season ends. Sometimes I find out mid-season, like I did for Rachel and Gabby last season on The Bachelorette. I found out, I think, week five or so, and just kind of take it from there. Uh, I just I never know when I'm going to get the correct info. Obviously, I've heard things for ever since filming ended in – right before Thanksgiving in mid-November, but just looking to get stuff confirmed, that's all. And uh, you have every single elimination up to that. I really want to find out also what happens in London because that's obviously a major uh, storyline. So 
If you want to check out the spoilers, they're all there on the site, and the spoiler tab is in whether on desktop or mobile. You can get right to it by clicking on the spoiler tab. This podcast is brought to you by Trivia Star. If I were to ask you to name a movie by John Travolta or Tom Hanks, could you answer it in under 15 seconds? If the answer is yes, then you need to play Trivia Star, like me. I've been playing it nonstop. It's a free mobile trivia game with over 60 different categories that you get to choose from, including music, TV, animals, celebrities. If you choose the correct answer for multiple choices and beat the clock, you move on to the next level. It sounds simple, but obviously the questions are going to get harder over time. If you get stuck, don't worry. You can use coins and gems to get hints and beat that level. If you love trivia like I do, you'll love Trivia Star. Right now, Trivia Star is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. I've just kind of been going crazy on this thing. My categories are TV and sports. Those are the two that I really go after hard because those are probably the ones I know the most about. Sometimes I get stumped, but I got to say, I've been really good at it. It's a lot of fun. And like I said, they're going to offer you 2,500 coins and 500 gems when you download and play. Trivia Star has thousands of five-star reviews in the Apple Store and is the number one trivia game on the App Store. Download it today to challenge yourself. Go to the Apple or Google Store and search for Trivia Star. Download Trivia Star for free today and get ready to flex your brain muscles. Also, if you love Jersey Shore, get ready because this season is going to be the biggest family vacation ever. Thursdays, the family is traveling from shore to shining shore, but don't worry, no matter where they go, they're born to be Jersey. They're hitting up Hollywood to support Vinny as he takes his talents from Vegas to Dancing with the Stars. Then they're cruising to the Carolinas for a big situation as Mike competes in the Cornhole Championship, and it all leads up to a big trip to the Big Easy where the fam jerseys up Bourbon Street. Don't miss your favorites. Fist pump their way across the USA. And be there for all the meatball milestones. We're talking pregnancy announcements and even an engagement. You don't want to miss this. Make sure to watch Jersey Shore Family Vacation all new. Premieres tonight, 8, 7 Central on MTV. And also, if you love The Real Housewives, you're going to love. Get ready for The Real House Guys because on Friday nights, MTV is getting fabulous. Another new episode tomorrow night, 9, 8 Central, MTV is taking you inside the lives of six fierce West Hollywood friends on the real friends of WeHo. Like celeb stylist Brad Goreski, go inside his marriage and see a side of himself you can't miss. Performer extraordinaire Todrick Hall, ready to tell his side of the story. Television superhost James Vaughn, taking his career to the next level. Rising actor Curtis Hamilton, boss CEO Dorian Renaud, and major social media influencer Joey Zazig. Watch as they balance life in the spotlight and give a true VIP access into their lifestyles, their ambition, and all the shade that you can handle. Don't miss The Real Friends of WeHo, all part of MTV's new Friday nights after RuPaul's Drag Race, new episode tomorrow, 9, 8 central on MTV. All right, let's get going. Here we go. Podcast number 323. All right, let's bring them in. Uh, we are joined by the co-hosts of the Bad TV Podcast. It is Dylan Warren and Patrick Healy. Guys, thanks for coming on. First time. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Steve. Big fan. Hey, so I want to get into just immediately. I know you guys are huge in the Below Deck world, uh, a show that I have not watched five seconds of, but I got my first taste of at least a character on Below Deck when I watched The Traders uh, this past couple weeks on Peacock, and Kate Chastain was on that show. 
she seems like somebody that should be on a housewives show the way she kind of handled herself on that show and carried herself on that show but that's the only um that, that's the only experience or the, that's the only the only time I've been exposed to anything below deck uh Dylan what should I know if you could summarize basically I don't know in a paragraph about Kate Chastain and her life in the below deck world what is her character been well we refer to her as the queen of the sea she is uh top bitch on that franchise she is uh excellent at her job uh as chiefs do and she should be a housewife it's a no-brainer she should have been a housewife uh yesterday but the show is essentially just subjecting the wealthy to incompetent 20-somethings with wanderlust and uh they're they're all pretty bad at their jobs they all have pretty significant drinking problems and or parental issues and it's you know it's a marvelous show there's way too many spinoffs now but uh but kate was the the person that kind of shepherded it into uh the the zeitgeist so patrick is this a show where i like i said i i know of the show i've heard it i read enough tabloid entertainment sites to to see names and show titles pop up and stuff like that, but I've never watched it. Is it literally just about a like cruise ship crew and they just follow them around or am I, am I off on this? No, that's exactly what it is. So you generally have uh, a seven to nine person crew. There's the deckies. They work on the outside of the boat and then you have interior and, you know, they take care of all the housekeeping and work with the chef. And it's really just about the dynamic of, you know, uh, working on these luxury yachts where people pay $60,000 sometimes a day for this experience and sometimes up to three to five days um, on these boats. And it, the show just kind of follows like, I don't know if you ever worked in a restaurant, Steve, but it's I had. And it's not that dissimilar. Like everyone's hooking up with everybody Certain people hate each other because they think they're lazy or whatever. And then, of course, you have the captain who's like the boss running the whole ship. And it's just that dynamic. And they have five versions of it. And somehow they're kind of pulling it off right now, you know, entertainment wise. OK, so it, this is not like Virgin Cruise, Carnival Cruise stuff. It's yacht stuff. Th they call themselves yachties. yachties. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is this is where Chrissy Teigen and John Legend do in in the summer. This is what they do. They don't. Yeah, they're not on a Disney cruise with you know with those endless uh, <laughs> buffets uh, with uh, eating sea bugs and thinking it's classy. No, this is like a five star experience, or it's supposed to be. But as Dylan said, I always laugh. It it it's uh, subjecting the wealthy to incompetence, like because it, it never works out because a lot of these people are just running away from something from their lives in whatever country. And they come here and, you know, they go to a six month yachting school, whatever, and they throw them on one of these boats where people are paying all this money. And uh, yeah, it's just fun to watch. I'm getting a little burnt out. I mean, five versions of this show to recap is, is, is a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, all right, let's let's move on to Bachelor stuff. I'm just curious, and I'll start with you, Patrick, of where you guys are in the Bachelor world in terms of how long have you been doing this? How long have you been covering it? What got you into covering this show? Or is it just because it's under the title of Bad TV? You love covering trashy reality shows. Well, Bad TV's our newest, I guess, our newest podcast because we were actually going to leave the bachelor uh in recapping it we've done it since 2017 we i'm not sure if you knew this but we all worked in some capacity for podcaster adam carolla so there were three of us initially and we were just friends and we started it out 
hey, let's just find a way to tell our girlfriends that we're going to do some work. But in reality, it's just to talk about a stupid reality show and and uh, and make and make fun of it and have a good time with your friends. It later turned into a business as Bachelor seemed to kind of explode with podcasts and, of course, all the social media. Our first season was Nick Vile. Gotcha. And that, that seemed, I, you know, I know you cover a lot of this stuff in depth, but to us and me having watched the show for almost since its first year, I, I've missed a couple seasons. But for me, that was like the apex of that show where everything was coming together. It was, you know, the news was covering it on social media and we just popped in right right at that time. Gotcha. All right. So you guys have an ex- pretty decent I mean, you, Patrick, like you said, you've watched it a lot. You just didn't start talking about it until 2017. Dylan, same for you, or are you more of a latecomer? You know, I was kind of, what's the word, is it tertiary? I, I popped in and out. I think my first season was uh, was Ben. Um, incredible. Just a demigod-looking young man. <laughs> um, but, the yeah, we've been I've been watching since the JoJo Ben kind of uh, era, okay. um, and it's gotten... You know, we'll talk about it, but it, it's it's reaching its old yeller phase, I fear, or has been there for some some fucking time. Well, I mean, we could go there right now. I mean, we don't, we'll go and talk about the premiere episode and and what we saw on Monday night. But let's just go there right now, um, Dylan. Starting, you know, with you, you talk about it being in its old yeller phase, meaning you think it's on its last legs, and we're about to put this thing down and euthanize it. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I was referring to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so what makes you? I mean, what are we talking about for network television? You think it's not long for ABC, and this will certain, and this will move on over to Disney Plus, like they did with Dance with the Stars, or do you think that this is just we're done here? Well, I think that it will have uh, kind of its. Uh, I, I don't want to keep talking about dead dogs, but I was going to continue with that that metaphor. But yeah, it'll go through some kind of chemo behind a paywall, I think, oh, um, and then eventually it'll it'll flame out. But the thing, the problem with the show is this: just resting on their laurels kind of thing, which is uh, one part, you know, an adherence to its tradition, which forever, whatever that's worth. And the other side is it's just apathy and lazy. I mean. Slice has done nothing to make this show more digestible for newer audience who newer audiences who are looking at reality TV shows like Love After Lockup and Love is Blind and Fuck Hotel Island or whatever they're called. And they're just better shows. Uh, They tried it with two bachelorettes, but we always joke that the production of this show they must have one of the most bloated budgets because these people, if it's a meritocracy, they should be fired. There should be a turnover every year that is extremely prejudicial because they're just really, really bad at their jobs. Uh, case in point, hiring this this cornstalk of a human being to lead the show in what is its 78th season. It's just not adapting at all. <laughs> Patrick, you and and. How do you feel about that? And anything you want to add on? I'm a little bit more optimistic about the show. Look, Mike Fleiss, for probably 15 years, 
got to walk in his yearly meeting with Mickey Mouse and put a cigar out on his desk and say, fuck you. This show makes money and we are killing it. We're not changing a thing. Then just like everything else, it just runs its course. Yet they don't take any steps to kind of evolve it. But in reality, I don't know what they could do as Dylan touched on. You know, you had the two bachelorettes. What's better than one bachelorette, two bachelorettes. Okay. We watched paradise, uh, bachelor in paradise. Hey, what's better than 20 people on a beach? Hey, let's have 50 fucking people come down on that beach and then make it last till Christmas. I was honestly buying Christmas presents (laughs) watching bachelor in paradise. Right. So it's like the more is better kind of, of, of thing. I actually think with this season with Zach and Steve, again, you're the expert on this. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it um i think they are going back to tradition like i read an article where zach they it's funny they're saying zach's ai and yes if he was created in a lab for me it was his his protocol was he, he was designed to bore people and put them to sleep but boring may be good because he's more this harkens back to more of the early 2000s where it's kind of a boring bachelor and nothing really crazy happens in the house and i guess what you're trying to get back which i think this show initially for the first 10 years we were always into it because we were emotionally invested in that they the two people would actually fall in love and have kids now i heard you say on a recent show and i've forgotten about this sean is the only bachelor that is married to the girl he picked yeah but one, they're one for 26 yeah they have so, they so have more su- your, they have more success so when, stories of guys who dumped their girl that they picked and went to the girl that they um had at number two, which is Ari and Jason Mesnick. They're two, they, they have two successful relationships there. Ari is still with Lauren and they have kids. Jason is still with Molly and they have kids and they only have one, uh, that is still with the woman he chose in the end. It's, Pretty fascinating. And yet, it's here fascinating. we are in tw- season 27, 20 years And in. if you want to talk about batting averages, there's a reality show called Married at First Sight where I looked it up. They have eight married couples that have children. That show's only been on for four years. So, <laughs> and these so are people getting looking- married at first sight. Like, no, no dating, nothing. Just, hey, you're married, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. Exactly. They throw them right into it. So I think this season is searching for itself and its beginnings and it's hoping because if you look at the cast, I think I only saw two people that listed their occupation as social uh, social media concept or, or creators or whatever. A lot of nurses, a lot of people, a lot of people that actually seem like they have, you know, jobs that they wouldn't leave to go uh, do a segment on extra or E, you know. So I I think that's where where they're bringing their show back and and I and I'm rooting for them I hope I hope they pull that off, um, but didn't you say or I think I read an article you wrote that said Zach said this isn't going to be the most dramatic season but it's going to be the most emotional or something to that effect Yeah he's been saying that in his interviews promoting the season Yeah I don't know if it's Ooh. true I mean we'll we'll see as the season goes on I mean he he can say it all he wants I mean I just know that the show really loves to focus on the drama within the house because when people do talk about this show the following day, very rarely are they talking about what the lead did the night before. They're talking about what the women did in the house, who talked shit about who, who wore this dress, who's the villain, who's the drunk girl. Like that's who you talk about the next day with your friends. You don't talk about, Oh my God, what a romantic date they went on last night. Wasn't that wonderful? Like nobody wants to see that. They, we want conflict. We want some sort of cattiness in the house because if you give them a season with no cattiness and you know, 30 women, well, 20 women after night one all get along like, okay, then where's the drama? Like this isn't 
fun. So I guess it's just a matter of how they present it and does it overtake and overshadow any love story that is happening. I guess that's the way to look at it. I mean, would you, yeah. would you agree, Dylan? I mean, I, I'm not as optimistic as as Pat. I don't, I don't mean to be uh, the, the cynic of the bunch, but I just uh, I don't see how this show can't. I mean, the, getting back to it, the vet bill is going to get very expensive very soon. <laughs> well, okay. So, do you have anything in mind about? Like because because they are a network show that has done this for over twenty years. This is season number forty six, twenty seven bachelors, nineteen bachelorettes. It's like okay, what can you do forty six seasons in? You don't want to take the whole framework of the show and flip it upside down. You got to right. keep it basically the same with one on one dates, group dates, and rose ceremonies. Like I don't think that part will ever change. So what yeah. can you do to? change it without necessarily changing it well alcohol would help but corinne and demario fucked that whole thing up yes um but i i really should throw it to pat because pat is the fleist of of this podcast and and, and pat has tweeted at mike fleist from the twitter handle patrick six five one five seven five nine many suggestions on how to change this show for the better so he he can take this okay yeah pat i want to hear what like what if okay. what have you thought about that you think could help without literally flipping the show on its head okay so one is why not a show that starts at, right after the bachelor chooses uh who he chooses and you film them Right. So we're capturing and that actually ends up being part of the season of the bachelor season. So say it's eight episodes of him choosing. And then we see once the choice has been made. So now they're living with each other. Now it would have been great to see Rachel and Guadadino or whatever his name was. I completely forgot um, from last season. What happened post the show? We just got a sloppy kind of melodramatic argument that took place over the course of 20 minutes, wherein I think he took his shirt off because he was too hot and nothing really got resolved. We would have liked to have seen all the nastiness of their, their infighting post, you know, the meaningful proposal. Yeah. So you add four extra episodes on and it's four episodes of seeing all the turmoil of now you guys get what you wanted. You picked who you wanted. Now you're living with each other. And I don't know, maybe put cameras in the house or whatever, and you start seeing them bug each, get annoyed with each other or whatever happens. But I think that would help the audience be more emotionally invested in. Because, yeah, it is like they go dark, and the next time we see these people are three months after they chose one another. And they're either broken up or, eh, it didn't work out. Or it's a mutual Instagram uh, post saying, uh, well, we have fell in love. That light love is now dimmed or whatever the hell they lie about. Yeah. But, yes, that's one of my ideas. The other one throws it upside down, Stephen. You may not like this one if you're a purist, which is, all right, this is more kind of copying uh, like Temptation Fuck Island or something, which is we have a bachelor and we have a bachelorette and we run the season simultaneously in the house. So then all the people that are vying for the love of the bachelor or bachelorette, now they're in the same living quarters. So you have 50 people living together in a house and you're going on all these different dates. And I think it'd be fun to see if there's any romances uh, that take place between, you know, the contestants. Okay. I hadn't heard any of those. So as I'm, as I'm brainstorming this in my head while you're speaking, 
let me flesh out uh let me let's let's start with the first one i don't yeah. i don't think the first one is possible for the sole reason that in this filming of the couple to be together it'll get spoiled so the first eight episodes almost become who who, who irrelevant who would spoil it, yeah. who would spoil it? <laughs> uh god i don't know me and you know um, you know what steve i i gotta say when we were covering this show in the early stages, and we'll get back to the pitches, but you're like I told you before we started, you're kind of a white whale for the podcast and for our audience. We we have scorned your name because you've ruined the suspense for us. So there's no way that we 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 have to see what you said. But the more and more we covered the show, we really came to view you as a, a Joan of Arc type character. Where you're, I mean, you're doing uh, the you Lord's know, thank work. You for the Lord's services. work, yes. Just saying, yeah, I'm doing the Lord's exactly. work. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, and I, and I've said this numerous times, is that there's nothing in my life that I want to be spoiled about. I don't read the end of books. I don't want to know what happens at the end of a movie before I go see it. I don't care to know about any spoilers for any of my other favorite reality shows, Survivor, The Challenge. I don't want to hear what happens yeah. on any of those. This is the only thing in my life where I don't care because. I've always said this, that the end result, knowing what the end result is, is what? Okay, uh, a relationship that's probably going to fail anyway. So what does it matter if you know beforehand? That's the way yeah, I've always I looked gonna, at it. I was going to say the through line of all the things you said, uh, aside from Bachelor, had uh, they, they were meaningful. Um, <laughs> your books and your shows and stuff like that. <laughs> Um, who, just go ahead and say it. Who is your deep throat? Who, how are you doing this? <laughs> um, yeah, I obviously can't, uh, say yeah, that. Obviously. And Hey, I don't even know as of right now, I don't know who wins this season. I know who the final three are and look, the final four, <laughs> the final four, um, the hometown dates again, some seasons we get no footage and people don't see them out, but all four women's hometown dates, I believe except for one this season. So three of the four were caught by people with videos and cameras. So you automatically, if you if you follow it online at all, you're going to get spoiled just in that aspect right, because in hometown right. dates, they're usually out in the people's hometowns and it's almost like impossible not to notice them because unless it's in like LA or New York, for the most part, these are smaller hometowns. It's like, okay, well, if a camera crew come in here and we know that one of the girls on this upcoming season of The Bachelor is from that hometown – not hard right. to put two and two together, but um, yeah. this season, no, right. I, I don't know who the winner is just yet. I know who the up to the final three. I know who gets the overnight dates, and then from there, I'm still trying to um, hopefully find out, you know, who he's well, with. Let's set the over under of you knowing what happens at uh, 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Somewhere <laughs> um. Uh, but yeah. So getting back to Pat's pitches, please yeah. critique. Okay. So the first one, yeah, I don't think it could happen because that post show. I was going to say post-show coitus. I was going to say that post-show relationship would end up getting out unless they literally never left a house and everything was filmed inside of a house. But if you're filming them in their everyday life as a couple post-show, there's no way someone's not going to find out about that or see them filming and be like, oh, okay, why is Rachel hanging out with Tino when the show's over? Oh, because right. <laughs> she picked him. And so I think that would that would the only way to do that would be film your regular season, show it, and then the Rachel Tino experience and the Rachel Tino relationship wouldn't air until like the night of the after the final rose. Hey, tomorrow night, tune in for a three episode show about how Rachel and Tino have been going since the show. It'd have to be 
split up. You couldn't air it consecutively is basically yeah. my thought yeah, yeah, process yeah. on that. Yeah, the spoiler second, alert, the, uh, not well. The second one, I, I don't have enough time to think about this, but off the top of my head, it's just an idea that would flip the show. It wouldn't be The Bachelor or The Bachelorette anymore because no, so no. many singles would hook up with each other. Then it'd be like, okay, well, then why were you really into the lead or you just wanted to meet a bunch of other singles? And then it's like, well, yeah, is this The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? That's the way it becomes. It. it becomes Fuck Hotel Island Paradise yeah. in, in Thousand Oaks. or, or <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, what other what other ones do you have, Pat? I'm sure you have more that you've tweeted at Fleiss oh. from your burner account. <laughs> that, that's, that's all I have. I will say this, though. Last year, I tweeted at Mike Fleiss. I said, I make money off your show, dude. Your show sucks. You need to reinvent it. I said, how about two bachelorettes? And I'm not sure if you read my tweet. <laughs> But that's what happened, and that show was a disaster. Um, I actually think that should have been Gabby's season because I think she really was into it, unless she's fooling me. Um, but I thought Rachel was unneeded for that particular season. Um, but, yeah, those those are my ideas. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're, they're not – I mean, look, something needs to be done because as you and I talked about kind of before we went on air here – talking about Monday night's episode, the first episode is just, there's nothing they can do differently and they haven't done differently outside of the season where they had Caitlin and Britt as the two bachelorettes and the guys had to choose. And then last season with Rachel and Gabby, it was the dynamic was a little bit different because the guys had to talk to two women that night instead of one. But when you have one lead and 25 to 30 men or 25 to 30 women and 30 women, as was the case Monday night, it's like, what else can you do? Okay, here's here's Zach on his intro package. We find out he was in a band in high school, and here's Sean Lowe coming to talk to him, and here come the women. Here's the intro package. Here they come with their limo exits, cocktail party, rose ceremony. We're done. I, I just so, don't know what else you can do unless I'm missing so something. So they, they really haven't innovated, but what they've done is they've kind of cleaned it up. So if you notice, no girl showed up uh, wearing a dolphin costume. No. You know? So they're taking themselves a little more seriously. There was some of the jokiness. I mean, a girl did show up in a party bus, but and she's a drunk, I heard. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but uh, allegedly. So, um, but other than that, that was like pretty much like it was back in 2007, 2008. And now also, rather than stay at a gross rundown resort, we're back on helicopters and in different countries. I think I counted four different countries. So yeah. I think the budget's back and I think they're throwing everything at this. Um, and they picked a very measured bachelor, which I was confused by the choice, but actually after watching the first episode, I'm like, you can't have another meathead misogynist womanizer like Clayton, who's going to sleep with every girl. So, that's what I think the changes were made in, in the production offices. Will it work? I, I don't know, but I will go back to my pitch to you, Steve. If it doesn't work and the ratings take a nosedive, what do you have to lose? Fuck it. Put 50 people in a house and just see what happens. People will say you've turned into fuck Island or whatever, but who cares if it makes money on a Monday night for ABC? I don't think they care anymore either. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, yeah, we have, we do have locations this year. They're only th three episodes that are going to be in LA next Monday and then the following Monday. And then they go Bahamas, London, Estonia, um, and then, um, Budapest. And then they do, and then they come back to the States for hometowns and then the overnights and final rose ceremonies in Thailand. So, um, it's, it's, it's definitely going back seemingly to its roots. I did notice, like you said, 
Very few gimmicks on the limo entrances last night. Very few props. A lot of women actually exited the limo. I only counted three of the 30 that did something where they didn't actually step out of the limo, like, you know, come up on a tractor or something like that. There were only three. Two, two walked up yeah. the uh, driveway, and then Christina came on her party bus, and that was it. And then of the 27 women who came out of the limo, no costumes. A couple people had some props, but it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, this is so over the top. This is ridiculous. It seemed like it was, let, okay, let's maybe get rid of the gimmicks. And maybe that is the uh, where we're headed. And they really are going to try and stick to a um, a calmer season, I guess. I don't know. But definitely toned it down last night on the limo entrances for sure. They're trying to class up the joint because the gimmicks are, I mean, you know, I, I don't. We're have not have any of it ever been funny? I mean, no. Well, they, they've never been funny, and the people that do them are usually gone uh, post haste. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we get it that you're from uh, Idaho. That's why you came on that tractor. But you're going to be gone in an episode and a half, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really is, and you can I mean, I'd love to do the breakdown of it. I'm sure somebody out there has at some point of. If you do a major gimmick, if you bring a, a major prop or you arrive on something that isn't the limo, how long do those people last on average? You know, it's right. probably not very long. Um, and if you're thinking of doing that spreadsheet, don't. Yeah. Because it's just a waste of time. You just don't care <laughs> as much about this show. So, Steve, I have to. I yeah. have two questions for you. Go ahead. Um, I'm not sure if this was you that did a spoiler on it, but it sounds like you. Did someone, in fact, bring a How to Win the Bachelor book on this show? I thought that was last season. No, I think someone did on this season. Um, yeah, that, that's what I'm hearing is that one of the women was caught reading the Game of Roses How to Win the Bachelor book <laughs> on the show. However, the one thing I don't know is if this is even going to be shown or if it, it was even a major storyline in the house. I just know it happened. The, the book was there and someone was reading it. So. My wow. guess is this show would not want to give attention to a book that literally makes fun of this show and basically calling it a game when this show, while it is for entertainment purposes, they still want to sell you it's all about love and these people are all serious. So why would they draw attention to a book that basically calls it out for this isn't serious. This is a game. This is fun to these people. Here's how you can last long. Just do this, this, this and this and all that. I, I'd be shocked if it gets shown, but um, I do know it did happen. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. What's the uh, second question? I'm sorry. Then yeah. um, what was your favorite season that captivated you? Um, Cause I have one um, for the bachelor or bachelorette. I think the first, the, the first one that really stuck out to me was, and this is probably, and this is predating. Well, it, it's, it's, uh, it's predating Dylan, but you'll know because you've watched most of the seasons. I thought it was Brad Womack's first season just because he got to the end and is like, yeah, I'm not digging either of you. Bye. And he just decided, no, I don't want to choose either of you because I'm not ready to get married to either of you. Now, maybe he could have been talked into at least dating one of them, but the fact that he was just like, nah, I got to the end when we had, you know, I don't know how many seasons were before Brad's first season off the top of my head. I want to say maybe 12, 13 uh, just the fact that he got to the end and basically through the whatever rule book we thought there was, he threw it out the window and just said, nope, I'm choosing neither of you. I just thought that was kind of fascinating. That was the one oh, that, that really jumped out to me. 
great pick. I remember watching that finale, and I remember the next day the fallout. Like I was watching oh. Ellen Generous. He was he Generous was public was enemy number one. He was the most hated man in America at that point. Like everyone thought he was the rudest person in the world for just being like, why do I have to choose anybody? Who who, who says so? And then, but yeah, he was crucified for that. All right, so I have I have three. Bob Guinea, just because he was like a frat boy being a pig and. and <laughs> And just living his best life. And he didn't really care either. Um, and I heard he actually had the highest rated season as well. I'm, I'm not sure if that's he might true. Have. He might have, yeah. Um, and then uh, I loved Caitlin Bristow's because, it, you know, it's whenever they kind of balk convention and they break the rule book in half and then they just go, no, I'm going to invite a person. Hey, you walking down the street. Come on over here. You're good looking. All these other people are dweebs. I, I, I'll, uh, which, which she did with Nick Vile was amazing. <laughs> And I also loved Juan Pablo's season. Um, and I think those are probably my top three. Dylan, do you have any? Yeah, Dylan, who are yours? We went back in the vault and we watched Juan Pablo's season. And it's just, it's so problematic. Um, <laughs> Was it? I mean, I like, I, I watch every season once. So I'm just, I, I remember things that happened, dates here and there. But looking back on it now, you said you went back and watched it. What was, what was problematic about his season? I know one line that comes to mind when he told Claire he loved fucking her, but that was about it. Um, yeah. Lo he loved fucking her or loved him, uh, her sucking his dick or something like that. Yeah. It was awful. But I think I might be coloring it with the accusations of his homophobia, which I guess came out. Um, oh, during the press tour. Yeah. 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 yeah I think so. Okay. But um, yeah, just lots of, it's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> the stuff with Claire was probably the thing that made it the most problematic, but there were also, it was like the bachelor didn't handle a particular mother who was on the show very well. Like there's a really, really awkward scene where he goes to hometowns and he goes to the kids little league game. And yeah, it's, I remember that. <laughs> it's just so brutal. Um, but it, it was a, it was a fun season. It was more entertaining than, you know, I don't know. At least we weren't stuck at La Quinta throwing up uh, like plywood carnival in <laughs> By one of the janitor's closets and inviting the family. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that it, it is weird because we got to that. Claire season was the first one where we had uh, Claire at La Quinta. And then the next season was Matt James at a, you know, a lovely resort in Pennsylvania. Right. But it was a resort that was so far excluded from seemingly the world. Uh, they were at Nemecolon. And then after Matt, it was Katie's season, which chose to. You know, look, no shots at Albuquerque, New Mexico, but it was shot in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, yeah. And then Michelle's uh, was at Palm Springs as well, but then, you know, yeah. moved to Minnesota and actually got to Mexico for her final rose ceremony. So yeah, at least we started I, traveling. But my gosh, uh, crazy to think yeah, that. I also don't think those seasons were, were cast great. I mean, it. I empathize with with the production a little bit because it's a little bit of guesswork, although I don't think one scene of Clayton doing OK with kids and crayons was a like punch the ticket. This is the guy kind of moment. But, yeah. I, you know, that that's their choice. But Matt James and Katie, I, I mean, it just they were not good leads. And the whole racial breakdown with Matt at the end where he he refused to even be touched by the woman, and then the night later, the night after, they were probably at uh, the Soho House together. And now that I think they're still together, it was just it left a bad taste in everybody's mouth. The show's just gotten it's gotten worse. 
It's gotten worse. Now, you guys will be covering this weekly still. You just say that, and I said, and and so you guys will be covering this weekly, right? Uh, um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be covering it weekly because we're kind of like Opus Day, like masochists in a way. <laughs> like, we just we want to hurt ourselves a little bit. I don't know why. We need to go to a therapist. <laughs> Well, what is what is your uh, Pat? What is your audience in terms of when you, when they respond to you guys the way you react to the show, which is pretty similar to to the way I am. I'm not watching the show because I want to see two people get married or fall in love. I mean, if it does, it's like a bonus. And like I said, I've always said I don't think the show cares either. If they do get a love story and a couple that lasts, it's a bonus because clearly having a successful couple come from the show does not equal how long you stay on the air or else this thing would have been canceled years ago. I mean, clearly success stories don't equal amount of time you get to stay on network television. So what are you watching for? Just the silliness of it all? To drag the people. We have absolutely no reverence for the show, and I think that is what grew our audience because a lot of people were like, some people still had their hearts into it where they're like, oh, I believe everything that these people are saying. And we kind of always looked at it as these people want to be on TV. This will be over in three weeks after filming. And I, so we took a kind of a cynical kind of approach to recapping it. And a lot of people were like, you know, I guess very early on, we realized we had something because people were being like, I'm so glad there's a podcast out there like that because all the other ones are earnest. And, yeah. you know, and I don't know how those people still do it. I don't know how you can talk about this show with any reverence, um, uh, you know, you know, as a as a job. I, I don't know. We couldn't do that. I mean, if you paid us a million dollars, maybe we could fake it. But <laughs> could we do it? Yeah, I think we could. We could fake it for a million. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's one of these things where and again, this is something that I've that I've always said. I mean, obviously, we just know this is this is not. They want to say like, oh, this is kind of how dating is in the 2000s. And, you know, it's just no different than going on an app and swiping left and swiping right and having all these options. Like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is nothing to do with how dating works now. And it's because the bottom line is when you go on this show, you barely get to spend any time with the person you're taught you're seeing. And if you do get a one on one during the season at the end of that night, you can't go back home and text them. You can't go back home and sex them. You can't go back home and make a phone call to them and have right. this ongoing thing where you can literally talk to somebody every day that you're dating. So not only can you not do that, this person is also dating a bunch of other people that you're living with. Like there's nothing realistic about this whatsoever. Yet at the end of two months, we're supposed to expect somebody to have an engagement. And that's just a product of the show. The engagement is just because the show wants you to any, right. you, you ask any couple at the end of the show, they will tell you the relationship started once the engagement happened and the cameras went off. And then it's like, okay, now let's get to yeah. know this person. Let me get to see them in, in secret meetups while the show is off the air or is airing. I mean, that's when the relationship starts to develop because you're like, okay, now I actually get to talk to this guy or this girl whenever I want, you know, and that's how you, you know, curate a relationship. And then in the case of Rachel and Tino, things go sideways. You know, that's just shit happens. Steve, I got a pitch for you. You, you just triggered something. I'll split the money with you if we sell this to <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Okay. Not engagement. When you pick the girl, uh, a pastor or whatever comes, someone who got the, you know, the thing from the internet, they come out and you marry. <laughs> you marry on that podium right there. 
Well, I know, okay. I know Fleiss would love that. I know that's what his ultimate goal is, is to marry someone on the show, but that would almost sound even um, more ridiculous <laughs> for that yeah, to happen. If we just went over everything that I talked about. Well, I mean, at that point, are you talking about marrying the day of the final rose ceremony, or are you talking about mar- yeah. marrying it yeah. after the final rose? No, well, marrying on the show, whenever they want to do it. But, Steve, you need to get along with us here, okay? Let's, let's start finding out. <laughs> we got to make this work because we need to save the show. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I've kind of always been under the, you know, the premise of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And clearly, if you've been on network television for 20 years and 46 seasons, I, clearly they're doing something right. But with the changing right. television times and all these new dating shows, the the too hot to handles, the circles, the love is blinds and all that that are becoming popular on the streaming services. Yeah, maybe you do need to do something a little bit different. Maybe it doesn't, ha- maybe it does need to be drastic. I don't know, but yeah. the two, the two bachelorette thing uh, is a change, but well, they, as we saw, it didn't work. Well, traditional, like, uh, you know, it's in form of the bachelor to have a boon like that and fuck it up because they, there was this thing where they were like, let's be respectful of one another's choices. There is, there is a partition of sisterhood in between this pool of men. And it's like, no, you cannot allow that to happen. You need to produce on the fly and make these women hate each other or to figure out a way to prevent this because we can't have Logan be the only one that's floating in between the two groups of people. He has just the most odd facial structure and he didn't get kicked off of COVID or because of COVID. Sorry, I'm, I'm going, I'm seeing red right now. Um, I'm seeing red. The show makes me so mad. Not good for our mental health to watch. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess that is a, I, I just knew – I mean, I knew they weren't going to go and pit them against each other, even though it kind of – it never got to the point where Rachel and Gabby, like, disliked each other. And today they're still, you know, close, and they still talk about each other in very glowing terms. I just knew they weren't going to – because that would have that would have been more – I mean, this franchise has taken enough shit for having, you know, zero diversity or very little diversity on the show. The last thing they needed was – to pit women against each other uh, in 2022. It it wasn't going to happen. Well, you know, Mike Fleiss is, you know, he's an interesting character. Um, I'm sometimes shocked he's still involved in some capacity with this thing. Because, yeah, I think some of his innovations probably would have invited, like, involved, like, swords or something if he could have it his way. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, but Hey, we're still watching it and, and, you know, we're thankful for the audience and, um, it's honestly, it's, it's rife for, for comedy. There's, there's, we have such a good time breaking the show down. Um, we have, you know, an okay time watching the actual show, but it's fun to get in, uh, to the studio and talk about, um, the just insanity of what this franchise is. So, you know, we joke about it, but we do we do have love for ABC's The Bachelor. So let's let's talk a little bit about Monday night. Obviously, we know yeah. it's pretty structured. There isn't a whole hell of a lot that went on. Wasn't a lot of drama outside of the Madison girl who just lost it because she got a peck instead of, I guess, a full makeout. And even Zach Poor wasn't Madison. feeling it. Um, what she jumped out to you in episode between, one? 
sorry, Steve, but uh, she, she was that that poor girl was floating between self awareness and some kind of psychopathy. I'm not sure what was going on, but she had these moments where she recognized that it was meaningless and that she was getting too worked up and that it was going to be embarrassing. And then she would fall back into this, this love story <laughs> with a man she's known for literally 12 minutes. It was really shocking. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into whatever took place on the evening. Yeah. Did it, for Pat, anything for you? I mean, it, overall, whether it was anything in the intro packages. I even thought the eight women's intro packages, there wasn't even one that had, usually we get at least one that's like totally off the wall and goofy and like, hey, I, you know, mount dead animals on my wall for a living. It was just, <laughs> it was straight eight women that were very attractive, had decent jobs, some of them really good jobs. And I'm just like, okay, there's nothing goofy here. And like, hey, we already went over the limo entrances uh, nothing crazy there. I mean, what jumped out to you on episode one? Because nothing Steve, really did outside of Madison. I was nervous when Dylan and I were bestowed the honor of being guests on your show. And then I realized it's episode one. And I was like, oh, fuck. That's always the worst episode because you just you can't track all the various conversations. But a couple things did stick out. OK, okay. so we get a little package on Zach in his past and we learned that he was a bass player in the seventh grade. Uh, he had a little chubby face when he was in college. And I guess he was a arrested for trafficking some Bolivian baking soda and did five years oh, in. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, he didn't do. OK. All right. So that. All right. That was fun. And I'm always grossed out by those limos because I don't think those limos exist anymore, except and they're just parked in a warehouse in Van Nuys and they pull them out just for night one of The Bachelor because I never see black limos drive around in Los Angeles anymore. Interesting. Uh, I never really thought about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They we, we've we've done work to try and find the location of the warehouse, but, uh, but they've got it pretty, uh, under wraps. No, the, the, I, I think we established a, a pretty clear villain night one. Am I picking up on the same thing? Do you, uh, what well, I'm sorry to, to be an annoying millennial, but the, the Southern one who is the villainess of the season, who I'm referring to, the, the one whose mama was in Barbera, Hanna-Barbera, Montana, Shaman, or what, what's the band? What's oh, the Barbara Mandrell, the Mandrell sisters. The Mandrell sisters, sorry. Um, she, I, I, I do not like her. I think she's mean. I think that she came in that pink for a very good reason. She's trying to stand out. I think that she... Maybe the one who is reading the Game of Roses book or has read it uh, numerous times. <laughs> and like always happens, they eliminate my favorite person within the first three episodes. We always talk about Haley from uh, Nick Vile season. There's no way you remember who she is, but she was magnificent. I don't know why she was kicked off so early. But in this episode, we had some uh, some girl there who I think was stoned out of her mind. I'm pretty sure she was stoned out of her mind, and they kicked her off immediately. It was uh, the young woman with the red lipstick who came in asking who's got the champagne. And again, I love her because I'm pretty sure she was baked out of her mind. Hmm. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, let's see. Uh, a couple of things. Oh, with Madison. All right, so I thought that, although that was the only drama of the night, the Madison kiss, it heart, it reminded me of the film Back to the Future. You know when uh, Marty McFly makes out with his mother? Kisses and his mom in the, the car? Ick? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was Zach getting the ick. 
Uh, and he's like, I think Zach would probably rather kiss his mother than Madison. But anyway, yeah, that uncomfortableness to just know based on a kiss, like, no, you're not my type. I was like, whoa. I, you know, if you remember at the beginning of the episode, Sean Lowe, the piece of advice he gave him was don't make any rash decisions on your gut on the first, I'm paraphrasing on the first night. And there you go. Like right out of the gate. He's like, yeah, I'm not feeling over this girl. Let's she's out of here. I mean, at the very worst, she was too nervous and in her head. Um, do I think he would have sent her packing, uh, during the rose ceremony? I, 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 I don't think so. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah. Well, what about did And now it's, it's hard to say because each season come and goes. we get one episode, one season a year in terms of the bachelor and we get a group of women. Did this group of women overall stand out to you in terms of looks wise? Were you like, wow, this is a, you know, I mean, there's always attractive women on the show. Let's not be. Let's yeah. Not, but well, did this stand out more than any other season to you by any chance? Yes and no, because th- this season, um, there were just a lot of very attractive blondes. And I know that this the show has a, a pretty serious diversity problem, but this year seems to be leaning into the um yeah the the dixie cutoff kind of vibe more than in most seasons so yeah there were a lot of really beautiful blonde women uh tons of them but that seems like zach's type i think that's what he's uh what he's gonna end up with that or greer i'm not sure well i'm gonna disagree with him because i listen to a podcast called reality steve and i happen to know who the final four are and he does not have a type I'll say that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah, no, it's like um, uh, her, her, her. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's he all doesn't. colors of the rainbow. Forgive me if I'm giving a spoiler away. <laughs> that's great. Um, but I think the girls are absolutely gorgeous, all of them. And you know, the only thing, and this is you know, because it's two straight guys talking about this. Like, I never want to be called misogynist, but I, I venture to guess. None of these cast members have eaten more than 90 calories a day for the last three weeks. They are all so tiny little things. I actually feel bad, except for that one that was eating meatballs. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, for, I, for, I even forgot already who that was that was stuffing meatballs in his face on the first night. Uh, I, that was Kat the Dancer. And she looks like she dances. Oh, Kat the Dancer. That's right. That's right. Yes, that cat. So we got, yeah, we've got a cat, a Catherine, and a Katie on this show, uh, which that'll I, just fuck with me for the whole season. Yeah. Um, multiple Victorias. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two Victorias. <laughs> well, one of the Victorias went home. So thank God. I don't have to worry about that. Um, I think it's my favorite Victoria who came baked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm trying to think of what else even happened on night one. Um, uh, there, He had this one thing that I picked up on was that he had this very uncomfortable, almost tick to him where he said, hello, in a very kind of creepy Lolita type way. Um, it was like he had a, a French drawn on cartoon mustache when it, whenever they came out of the limo, he was just like, Oh, hello. It was just, <laughs> Zach, you gotta stop doing that. I miss. Oh, wow. I did not pick up on that. My thing, my yeah. tick, my tick with him was I noticed and I, and I, and, and I do it too. When I, when I watch back some of my Instagram lives, he closes his eyes when he talks to the camera, and I, no. I, I never really noticed that. You'll notice it now a lot, unless he wow, unless a producer well, told I, him after night one, you need to stop it. You need to try and keep your eyes open when you talk. But yeah, 
just and it's not a bad thing. It's just it's just a tick. I have the same yeah. exact thing. Like when I'm talking, it's very hard for me because I'm not trained in TV to look straight ahead and not kind of close my eyes. And I didn't realize I did it until I watched stuff back. But yeah, he he definitely does it. Well, and lucky or unlucky for you, you do not have uh, Mickey Mouse and whoever runs Disney administering some some black site kind of corrective measures when the cameras uh, <laughs> when the cameras shut down. I think they uh, they they'll whip Zach into shape. But another thing I noticed was that he's uh, quite a bit of a kissing bandit. Uh, we had a lot of kisses on night one. There have been. Uh, leads in the past who have been uh, more protective or sacred over that first, you know, very important moment. But he seemed to have been doling it out quite a bit. I mean, he gave uh, he gave the one with the name tag a kiss right out of the limo. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, he's a kiss. Band. I remember back. I remember back in the day, and I I don't want to say very far back in the day. I mean. <sighs> like right around Ari season, maybe before that. So that we're talking five or six years ago. I mean, when you have, when the season's been on 20 years, that's not very long ago. I remember when the only person ever who got a kiss on the first night was the first impression Rose recipient. And even that person sometimes didn't get a kiss. Now in recent seasons, there are multiple kisses on night one. He had, he actually did, it did set the record last night. He had seven and that's, it's never Whoa. in terms of ones nice. in terms of ones that were shown. He might have kissed others and it was never shown, but seven were shown, and that's the most that's ever been shown on night one. Bachelor Data uh, keeps record of that, and um, yeah, she has. <laughs> there, there is someone who keeps record of that, and uh, of the ones that were shown, yeah, he kissed seven, and we've never had that many before. But unlike, because uh, Ari Leyendike, he was the last kissing bandit that we noticed. But he didn't do it because I think he was emotionally uh, attracted to the women. Uh, he'd do be like, eh, mm, I wish you'd shut up, okay? Because uh, I'm not listening. And then he just stick his tongue down their throat, like he had no attention span whatsoever. Yeah. And that was his get out of a conversation card free uh, motive. And yeah, he made out with a lot of girls. Um, yeah, he did. Now. Pat, you are very well aware, seemingly, it seems like, of the spoilers, so I can't have you answer this question. Dylan, are you aware of the spoilers, or at least who lasts long, or no? No, Steve. Okay. The Bachelor is very sacred to me, and <laughs> yeah. I don't traffic in your, your, your ruining of this tale of romance. Okay, so this is a perfect question for you then. So just based on last night, and maybe you don't know names yet, because obviously 30 women, it's, it's kind of hard. Yeah. Name four women that stuck out to you last night or who you think's going for. I'm just curious. You, know, Steve. <laughs> you don't know their names, right? It's no, I don't blame don't, you. Don't, don't make me say one of the two black girls. Cause I don't, I don't want to say that sentence. Um, I, I can't remember her name, but she's so strikingly beautiful. I, I think both of the, the African, well, there are more than the two. Genevieve and Charity. Uh, Genevieve is the really, really tall one, and Charity is the one that he bonded with over. And then, yeah, and then and then Brianna's the one who got the America's first impression rose on the afternoon right. of the rose. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Brianna and Genevieve, great. Um. But I, I think, I think Genevieve will go far. He, he, she should go far. Um. Uh, but maybe that's bias. I think the evil one, whose mom was in the Maryland Sisters, what is it? <laughs> the Vandrell, the Vandrell Sisters. I think that she's going to go far if she doesn't cause too much trouble. She may get the boot because she's just too toxic. She's too toxic a presence. Uh. Uh, Greer seems like 
she's perfect for him. Call her Winnie Cooper. She looks like Winnie Cooper. She looks like Winnie Cooper. Yeah, I'm going to call does. her Winnie Cooper. Um, and then I think one of the Catherines or it, or the Catherine will will probably oh, okay. go decent decently far. I think she was uh, uh, a skin nurse or something like that. We yeah. we get better with the names as we go on the first day of school yeah sure. first day of yeah. school we don't know names that well but as we go on through the season right at around week four or five we start to get everyone's names and then we immediately change them to nicknames so that the audience once again has no idea who we're, who we're talking about <laughs> so it's kind of like a trademark well Steve, i think let me talk, oh, sorry Steve, i think ahead. one of the things is you know i for you know to this is 27 season 27 of the bachelor I don't think we ever had a woman in the previous, uh, going back to Clayton season, I don't think we ever had anybody who's named Genevieve on the show until we had Genevieve last season on Clayton season. And then actually this girl this season, her name is Genevieve. It just, you take off oh, the no. V-E at the end. It's just Genevieve. Oh, so, but yeah. Genevieve. So we had a, Gen- a Genevieve last season, Genevieve this season, but I see what you're saying. Pat, what were you going to say? Okay, so I want to tell Dylan, the Mandrell sister, there is no way that this man is into her. In fact, if you listen very closely to his conversation when she pulled out those flashcards and she said it was her artwork, uh, he says, uh, yeah, your work's amazing uh, if you're recovering from a car accident. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he did. He did say that. So he's not a fan of hers. Um, Okay, so I actually, before I saw the list of Final Four, I actually picked one of the girls. So and I won't say it because I don't want to ruin it for our audience. I know your audience probably already knows. Um, and I I believe that is the girl who goes to the finish line. Um, can, can I? We'll bleep it out. Um, I think it's Charity. I think he picks Charity as as the at the, as, at the final altar or whatever the hell we call that. <laughs> um, here's my pick for Bachelorette. I think it's Catherine. I think that's how you say her name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah she we, could be a villain. Too. We know. We know that the bachelorette is usually picked from somebody. It's usually picked from somebody who makes uh, from the final four. Um, It's just always been, there's only been, I think Hannah Brown was outside the final four and off the top of my head, not many others, if, if any. Um, Well, Ari Lyon Dyke, right. He wasn't a final four and plus he was, he was was Emily Maynard's number two. She dumped him at oh, the end. Oh, he was. You know, yeah. you're right. I'm an idiot. Sorry. Yeah. And he hates the guy who was the number one guy, right? Yeah. Um, when they used to troll colleges together and hang out yeah. in sororities, and now, <laughs> and then all of a sudden he turned on him. So yeah. That's yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. So that's who I think. By the way, Hannah Brown season when they picked her, I was like the girl who couldn't complete or form a sentence on her first date with Colton, and she was amazing. TV. So yeah. whenever I, I always want to withhold my judgment until the first couple episodes, because some of these people that are on the unlikely picks can just be wonderful television. And, and she certainly was. Well, not only that, remember on the after the final rose, uh, when she was announced as the bachelorette and they brought out five guys for her, she was even worse on live television. Like literally we saw Zach, you know, blank and forget Bailey's name and all that. Hannah Brown was literally terrible on the night that they introduced her to the five guys, she had no idea what to say. She couldn't get out more than a <laughs> sentence. And then all of a sudden her, her, her season delivers some of the most popular guys in the franchise. It was one of the most, you know, watched bachelorette. I mean, she was, her season is very well, well known. And yet it got off to such a horrible start. So yeah, I agree. Um, it, and to finish it off, she picked a guy who wrote a dog food commercial <laughs> jingle. Yeah. Like, and then he dumped her like two weeks later. Just amazing. Yeah. No, that was um, 
it's fascinating. The whole show, the whole the whole concept. See, the fact that we were able to pound out an hour just making fun of the show is the reason why I think the show has been on the air for 20 years. Because yep. let's face it, at this point, people are just hate watching it, and people are watching it <laughs> to criticize every single thing about it. And hate watching is way better for a television show than not watching it all or being totally indifferent about the show. And that's where. Yep. That's why I think it's been able to stick around. It's just I think that's I think that's a really good point. We've had so many people in our Facebook group say, um, you know, God damn it. All right, let's go again. Let's <laughs> let's do this thing because it is it's, it's a Godfather three kind of moment every year. And once you're in it, you're in it and you can leave at any time. But it's Stockholm syndromes you a little bit. You can't get out. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, I mean, the the contestants themselves is part of you know the Stockholm syndrome, just being on the show, and yeah. yeah, I think for us as fans, it's just if you're watching for love and you're watching for a love story, I think you're just watching the wrong show. You got to watch this for entertainment because that's what it is. And if you get a love story out of it, hey, bonus, you know. But right, right, this that, is that just will not. Uh, yeah, this is just to watch. And then now with so many podcasts and you get to learn more about the contestants and now with this feeder system into Bachelor in Paradise, because let's face it, most of the women that we saw last night are going to make up a majority of the female cast of this season of Paradise. So now as you're watching yeah. all season, you're breaking down, OK, who is going to be the queen of Paradise? Who is going to. Um, right. you know, be the, the absolute man killer down there that all the guys are going to go after. And, you know, it's right. like, we already know who just off the first episode, we kind of know some of the women that are going to be literally first down, uh, to the beach on paradise already. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I, Steve, I know that we're wrapping up, but real quickly on bachelor in paradise, if anybody from ABC is this thing, do not ever, ever make that show. 35 weeks ever again just don't <laughs> do it just stop doing it you're gonna burn us out and we love bachelor in paradise but don't make it so long and don't hire aaron back again i don't want to see him he's the bad guy from blood sport and he's bad for the show well not only don't not only don't make it 35 weeks don't start it in october you know that's the other right. thing like I, I mean, they, they added on basically, um, I think, five episodes longer than they usually do. They usually have 11 or 12, and this, yeah. this Paradise season had 16. The problem was they didn't start it until September 27th, and usually yeah. usually they start the week after The Bachelorette ends, which is usually last week of July, first week of August, and then Paradise ends because it airs two episodes a week for six weeks mid-September. Right, I, but they didn't start Gabby and Rachel until July 11th, which I think that's going. The problem is, I don't know. I don't. In terms of spoiler stuff, I don't know about production schedule and television schedule this time around in in 2023. But knowing that the knowing that ABC has the NBA Finals and the NHL Finals now, I think the Bachelorette is going to get pushed back to July again because they don't want to start and have to already within week one or week two take weeks Bump off it. and um, yeah. and we know that there's going to be a Monday night NBA final game and there's going to be a Monday night NHL final game. And yeah, yeah I think this is going to be the norm, but that bachelorette's not going to start till July and, and paradise isn't going to start till end of September now and go into November. Like you said, you're shopping for Christmas gifts by the time this thing ends. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're in black Friday stampedes and we're trying to get home to watch the fourth hour 
of Bachelor in Paradise. <laughs> I mean, it's just not, it's not good to do to Americans. Yeah. It's, it was, it was rough. And yeah, I mean, to have it for 16 episodes and, and Monday and Tuesday night, two hours each night. I remember back in the day when the Monday show was two hours and Tuesday was just an hour. It's like, okay, we can handle that. Right. But two yeah, hours Monday have- and Tuesday, and like you said, 50 people, or it was like, I think the exact number was 44, but who's counting? It's basically 50 <laughs> people um, right. yeah. to show up on a particular season. And we already know that if you're showing up in episode five or six, you're done. There's no even, there's no point to even bring anybody on at that point. Not going to form any sort of connection. The Lindsay girl, ha- the Lindsay girl comes yeah. on and asks Logan out, and he's like, Kate, what do you think? Absolutely not. Okay, well, sorry, Lindsay, I can't go out with you. And then she's like, All right, well, then I'm out of here. I'm bouncing. See ya. Yeah, it's the like- show has a little bit of an issue because the people that come in the uh, towards the end are like the two kids who's they're still living with mom and she's making gravy on Sunday that they need to get back home to. And they're trying to go after this like 38 year old woman from Australia. And it's like, what, (laughs) what are we doing here? What, why is this happening? But at this, but you know, by the same token, you don't want to watch the pot, the prom King and queen of the Island, just fall in love and go on one-on-ones for, you know, four weeks with no competition or, or struggle. So, you know, uh, it's not as plagued to franchise. It's the best part of the bachelor, but they, you know, they still got some kinks to work out, which they won't because it's ABC and Mike flies. Yeah, exactly. Well guys, uh, I really appreciate you coming on. First time we had John, definitely going to have you on again in the future. Check it out. Dylan Warren and Patrick Hickey. It is bad. TV is the podcast. Thanks again, guys for coming on. Really appreciate it. Your, your reputation precedes you. You are great, Steve. Thanks for having us on. No, thank you. Bye, Steve. Bye. Well, thanks to Dylan and Patrick uh, for coming on. Really appreciated that. A lot of fun talking about a two guys who, you know, let's face it, a lot of women watch this show, and sometimes it's fun to watch with guys. And uh, they look at the show kind of like I do. It's silly. Uh, don't take it seriously, nor should any of you. And it's just entertainment. So let's have entertainment without being mean. And I don't think there was anything mean uh, said on that. Outside of maybe the dog reference, but you know we know what uh, Dylan was getting at with that. But thanks again to Dylan Pat for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you all for listening. Please uh, rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. We're back next week with yet another episode. So until then, for Dylan Warren, Patrick Heek, Hickey, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I will talk to you next week. See. You.